the holidays give us every year is it gives us an opportunity for reflection. See, especially at Thanksgiving, we take this time to reflect on the year, right? We take time at Christmas to reflect because we're getting ready for the new year. The holidays bring reflection. And we take time to say, what are we thankful for? We take time to see what God has done in our lives. Everybody kind of checking with me today? So I recognize that when we come to this point, sometimes the list can be big and sometimes the list might not even be there if we're just being honest. See, what I want us to do today is I want us to look at where God is moving, whether we see it or not. So if we could just give a recap for the Giesbrecht family. In 2023, this is what it looked like. We jumped into hyperspeed, right? If I, when I was writing this sermon, I was like, well, what happened in 23? I was like, oh yeah. Hello? Okay. But I asked, wow, yeah, that did happen this year. Oh, that happened as well. So let's give a little recap. So 2023 for the Giesbrecht family. We welcomed our first foster placement. We welcomed her for three, four months, and then we were able to reunite her with her mother. During that time, we found out we were pregnant, not with one, but with two. Hello, blessing. We sold our first home, and then we bought a new home. We moved into said home. We bought a minivan. Baby-proofed the entire house, prepared for our children, and that's just our personal life. Let's get into ministry, right? So we add ministry. We get to talk about the students. We went to camp for a week. Students got to encounter the Holy Spirit. We didn't get sleep that entire week, right? But we got to enjoy that with our students. We talk about what happened with our real life family, the new families that we've welcomed, the new connections that we've made, the people that have made a decision for Christ. Real life celebrated 15 years being here. So when we take a look at what has happened, I can say that, hey, it's been a busy year. But I want you to hear my heart today because I'm not here up here like, hey, look what, look what God did, bragging, showboating. Because that's not my heart today. I want us to kind of walk through this and it'll make sense more. I'm not bragging like one of those evangelists that has a private jet. I have a 2017 Chrysler Pacifica with 103,000 miles on it, okay? It's nice though, it's got heated seats, I hit a button, come on. So, because on the other side of it, I realize that some of us might not have a long list. That some of us might be on the other side. And I kinda labeled this, some of us might be in a storm. What do I mean by that? Because if we apply it to the beautiful, eerie weather that we have, there are points in time when a storm can roll in out of nowhere. It could be a rainstorm, but this is Erie, Pennsylvania. More than likely, it's a snowstorm. And I want you to imagine the worst snowstorm you've ever been in and what is going through your head in these moments. 
Am I even on the road? I can't see anything but 10 feet in front of me. This is awful. These roads are bad, right? Everybody know what I'm saying? If you lived in Erie long enough, you've been through an Erie storm. If you haven't, wait till tomorrow, six to 12 inches. Um, But in the exact same way that a physical physical storm can come in to our area, to our lives, the same thing happens spiritually. See, there are storms that happen in our lives. There are things that happen the exact same way. It can roll in out of nowhere. And we say the exact same things. God, I can't see what you're doing. How do we even know if I'm going the right way? These conditions of this storm in my life are unbearable. This is awful, hello? Come on. So how many have been through this kind of storm before spiritually? Okay, you can raise your hand if you want. I'm up there with you. See, because we talked about, right, what God has done in, our, in mine and Caitlin's life over 2023. But let me, just, let me just pastor in vulnerability right now. See, for most of you that understand our story, you know that at the beginning of this year, Caitlin and I found out that we were pregnant with twins. And at 34 weeks, we found out that we had lost our son, Bo. We were at the finish line. Right, we're just coming off this, God, we see you moving, right? We bought a minivan, right? We sold our house. Where are we gonna find our next house? Boom, right there. We see where God is at, and then God hits us. We go to our appointment, and they say, your son no longer has a heartbeat. And if I'm preaching out of vulnerability today, church, this has been the absolute hardest season of my entire life. Let me just preach from vulnerability today because I understand the good side of it, but I also understand the side of the storm. I understand if that is where you're at today, I am there with you. And so as we go through this process, right, we're going through the grieving process, we're going through these moments, this storm, there's only two things that I ask God for. I said, God, show us where you are in the midst of this storm. And God, allow our story to point people to you. So as I share this message today, I want you to know that this isn't a message where I'm like, you should be doing this. This is a message where I say, this is where I'm at, and this is what God's doing in my life. And I wanna share this with you because I understand that people can be in a storm and they don't know how to navigate it. Because storms are guaranteed in life. They will happen, that's a fact, right? If we talk about the wise man that built this house upon the rock, he didn't do it for the view, he didn't do it for the tax cut, right, or the tax property taxes. He did it because he was preparing. Because the storms are going to come. 
So if we know they're guaranteed, why wouldn't we prepare for the rain or snow in this case? So what do we do in the midst of a storm? How should we respond? How should we act? There is one person we look to. Well, there's one word we look to, and that's God's word. In God's word, there's one man that is the king of going through it. He has everyone beat. He went through storm after storm, trial after trial. Some of you know who I'm talking about. His name's Job. Not Job, Job. There's a book in the Bible about how to get a job. No, it's Job. So let's break it down. First two chapters of Job, we learn that there's a man named Job. But the first things to describe Job, blameless and righteous. Bible says he was blameless and righteous. Says that Job was doing pretty well for himself. He's got the cattle, he's got the sheep, he's got the family, they're feasting all the time, right? They're living in blessing. And then we're transported to a heavenly meeting where Satan and God are talking and Satan tells God that Job is only in it for the, for the blessing. And God says, you're wrong, but he allows Satan to put Job to the test. And as we read, Satan puts him to the test. Not me. Anyways. See, Job was in this abundance. And then in a matter of a day, Job loses everything. He loses his family. He loses his crops. He loses his animals, his his livelihood. Everything of Job's is gone. You wanna talk about a storm? It's right here. Because one thing after another, he just kept having people come up to him, bad news after bad news. Your family is dead. Your crops have been burned. Your cattle have gotten sick and they're no longer here. Someone took all of your livestock, right? Bad news after bad news after bad news. That sound like some people in the room today? So we talk about that storm, living in an abundance and blessed, and the next day you have nothing. But the thing we should take away from Job is his response. Because verse 20 says, at this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. That's our response. His whole life gets turned upside down. Man loses everything, gone. In the midst of the storm, what does Job do? He gets down on his knees and said, God gave me all this. God can take it away. May the name of the Lord be praised in worship. 
See, that's what we need to do. When we are in hard times, when we're in trials, when we're in a storm that we can't navigate, we need to cling to the one thing that is a firm foundation and that is our faith. That is our rock that we need to build our house on. And so six things we can learn from Job. Six things that as I was studying, as I was getting ready for Sunday, that I just said, that's me, God. See, I understand that choosing faith in the midst of a storm is difficult. It is one of the more harder things to do, right? Because our flesh comes out and we just want to have an earthly response. But Job is written to tell us how our response should be. So let us go through it. Choosing faith in the midst of a storm will not eliminate the pain. That's point one. If we decide to choose our faith in the midst of this trial of the season, it will not eliminate the pain. Can I be real today? Because we're gonna get more real. Even though you choose faith, there is still going to be pain. If we parallel this with Job, Job was nearly crushed by this news. I mean, how would you respond if one moment you had everything and the next minute you had nothing? I mean, you get cut off on I-90 and you're ready to lose it, right? See, the loss of a family alone put him in a spiral. He tore his robes, he shaved his head, fell to the ground and praised God. Right, that's what we see in verse one, or chapter one. He says, God give, God take away, let his name be praised. Okay, cool, I, I praised God, now everything's hunky-dory, right? Chapter two, Job two through seven says, his physical ailments were so painful, he used a broken pottery to scrape the sores off his arm. This is after the fact. He said, I choose God. I choose my faith. I cling to what I know, and that is God. God has given me this. God has taken it away. And then in the next chapter, he's attacked physically. And in so much pain, he has to take pottery to scrape the sores off his arm. Just because we choose faith, doesn't take the pain away. Next point. Choosing faith in the midst of a storm will not stop the question. That's where I'm at. All of this is where I'm at, but this hit home for me. Because when we read Job, we read the first two chapters and we're like, all right. Job was tried. Job was attacked. But he still stayed strong to God. He still stayed strong to his faith. He did. But let's talk about the next 35 chapter. Because immediately following this great faith, this great choice, the next 35 chapters are all about Job 
talking to his wife, talking to his friends, and questioning everything. Even though he chose faith, he still had questions. Did I do something wrong? Why is God punishing me? Why is this happening? That sound, that sound close to home? When Caitlin and I found out about our son, these all riddled our mind. What did we do wrong? Why, what, did, what happened? Why is this happening? See, I read this and I was like, okay. Even though we choose faith, it doesn't stop the question. And Job wasn't alone with his question. See, Jeremiah couldn't preach without weeping, questioning how God could allow such despair. David wrestled with questions for years, especially while hiding from Saul and wondering if he'd even lived to see the rain, see the rain the prophet had said he would, well, wow, messed up my notes there, said he would be. Remember how he began Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? We wanna hit close to home questions even reach the mouth of Jesus. As he genuinely wrestled with the eternal agony before crucifixion, must I really do this? Is there no other way? We see it in Luke 22, 42 through 43. See, even though we cling to God and we cling to our faith, we will still have questions. So if you're in the midst of the storm and you're like, yeah, I really wanna believe that God is here and you still have questions, guess what? It's gonna happen. It's okay to be in that spot because even though we choose it, our questions still remain. We still have questions. Third thing is choosing faith in the midst might not create a logical reason for your storm. Choosing faith in the midst of the storm might not create a logical reason for that. This is a tough, (laughs) why? Because we want the answers, right? The reality of it is we might go through a storm and we might not know why. If we read all the way to the end of Job, surely there's a, there's a reason God's like, hey, good job, pal, you passed the test, right? Job said, God, I need you to talk to me. What, why am I, why is this happening to me? And what does God do? He responds in question. Am I not the God in control? <clears throat> See, God doesn't answer him to say, <clears throat> you passed. He just answers with, oh, do you think you could do a better job, right? Do you think, who am I? Am I not the God in control of your life? See, he doesn't give Job an answer. He just makes Job answer his question. See, 
And if we take it to a step further, we have to understand that even though we might not have a logical explanation for our storm, we have to understand that eventually God will work his greatest triumph through what appeared to be his greatest loss, right? That is what we can take part with, that whatever you're going through, God can take it and turn it into something, right? So we might not get the answers we're looking for. We might not know why we go through things. Even if we choose faith, even if we believe that God is here, if we're believing, God, you are with me through it all. By the way, why did I go through this? You might not get the answer. Most of the time, you probably won't. See, when Caitlin and I found out about our son, the one thing we wanted was what happened. And the doctors looked at us and said, we'll do, some, we'll do some tests, we'll do some blood work, we'll do an autopsy, see if we can, we can see what happened. Sometimes it just happens. What do you mean? There has to be an explanation for this, right? That is what I wrestle with. God, there has to be an explanation for this storm. You must be doing it for character development. You must be doing it for something. Why am I going through this? And you know what God's answer is? Am I not God that's in control? Even though we choose faith, sometimes we won't get logical reasons for why our storms are happening. Now we're into the positive stuff. Now we're into the good stuff, church. See, choosing faith in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of the storm, will remind you that God is in control. See, if we look at Job's story carefully, we see that the only being in control through this whole passage is God. Because God is always in control of our lives. See, the greatest part about this is there's a common misconception that when we go through a storm, when we go through trials, and we say, okay, God, I'm choosing you, I'm choosing faith, I'm choosing to believe, right? We're sticking and holding to our faith. And what the misconception is, we're saying, okay, God, I give you control. Hmm. Eighth burst of bubble. It's God's always in control. When we choose our faith in the midst of what's going on in our lives, we're reminding ourselves that God is in control. We're not like, all right, God, I can't do it myself. Here are the keys. No, we're saying, all right, God, I'm gonna stop and I'm just gonna remind myself that you got. See, we study the conversation and if Job would have got a chance to be in the room or Job wanted to be in the room just as much with this conversation between God and Satan, right? See, there's no doubt that the whole situation was clear to God. God wasn't tricked 
in these moments. God didn't misunderstand anything. God carefully weighed the option, considered the ramifications, and made a choice. At no time was God out of control in Job's life. God is not out of control in your life. God is always remaining in control. And so we look at it, what are our options in the midst of our out of control storms and our suffering? On one hand, we could reject the God who allows suffering. Many do. On the other hand, we could trust the only being in all creation that remains in control above all evil and all things. So we could say, hey, I don't know about all this. Or we could say, hey, God's in control whether or not we're going through a storm or not. See, the thing is, it doesn't make sense sometimes. And when we're going through the storm, it sometimes makes even less sense. But placing your life in God's hands is the only option because God is the only one who can take care of your situation and is the only logical action that we can take when navigating a storm. Next point is choosing faith in the midst of a storm will be a gift to God. What do I mean by that? Anyone can sing a song of praise on a good day. All of us have, right? We walked in this morning, it was probably a pretty solid day. And we come in like, oh man, they're playing Reckless Love. We haven't played it in six years. It's my favorite song. I know all the words. So I can close my eyes and I'll do one of these. Right? It's a good day. See, we can praise God when it's convenient and when it's good for us, right? Oh, we're having a good day. All right, I'm gonna show up to church. Might even be a little early. Right? But let's talk. See, it takes a person of tremendous faith, tremendous spiritual maturity to sing those same songs of praise on the bad day. Come on. If you can do it, that in the midst of struggle, in the midst of days where you don't feel like getting out of bed, we all have them. Some people just call it Tuesday, but if you have a moment that even through your storm, you might have questions, you might have pain, you might not know what's going on in your life, your life might be in chaos, but you can come to the altar and sing a song of praise. That is a gift to God because we're choosing him in these moments, not when it's convenient for us. See, Job was wise enough to know that God had control of the good days and the bad days. God was in control of the success of his life just as surely as God is in control 
of where he's at now in the, in the midst of loss, in the midst of a storm. See, the one thing that Job learned and we must remember is nothing about your present circumstances, whether they're good or bad, have changed the nature of God. See, we go through the roller coaster. We go through the hills and valleys, but God is still the same. Just as he was yesterday, today, tomorrow, this is the God we're worth praising. See, in the midst of the worst, when he knew so little that seemed secure, Job hung on to one truth. I know that my Redeemer lives. He told his more comfortable friends and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. See, the ultimate gift of worship is to give worship through it all. See, we watch Jesus as he struggled with the weight of the cross, the burden of the task, the unspeakable pain of crucifixion. Through it all, he committed to the will of the Father and never let his spirit be committed anywhere else. So, if we apply it to our life, the one thing we must do is be fixed on Christ, fixed on God, right? Look towards him no matter. If you want consistency in your life, you have to look to God because he's the most consistent thing in our life. Your life might not be the roller coasters, but the same God that was with you on the mountaintop is the same God that's gonna walk with you in the valley. The same God that was in abundance at the beginning of this year for me and Caitlin is the same God that is walking us right now. That is what we are clinging to. That's the only thing we can cling to. Because like we've said before, questions fill our minds. That pain is there and we're saying, I don't know. I don't know what to do. The one thing we must do is we must cling to God. See, in the midst of your storm, you're also in the midst of an incredible opportunity. If you can worship now, in the midst of your storm, is a gift that is so great in value. Because if you can worship now at your lowest, imagine what you're gonna do when you're out of the storm. I'm gonna ask the band, come up. We're gonna close out. Last and final point. Choosing faith in the midst of the storm will bring you closer to God. Though Job didn't know it yet, he was on his way to the most intimate encounter with God that he had ever had in his entire life. The blameless, righteous man Job, who loved God, didn't curse God in the midst of everything. 
is about to have the encounter of a lifetime with God. See, through the storms that had fallen upon him, he was starting a short journey that would lead to his greatest understanding of who God was. The road of suffering was the only road that would lead him to a more intimate encounter with God. Through the midst of questions, through the midst of pain, through the midst of wondering why, Job has an encounter with God. See, in the 35 chapters, they're trying to figure out who God actually is. And at the end of the chapter, God says, am I not the God that's in control? See, what we could take home today, church, and this is how I feel I end most of my sermons, is unfortunately not everybody, not every person comes closer to God in the midst of trial. We wanna talk about it. Some people use that opportunity to go the other direction. Some people use the storm to go further away from God. See, Pharaoh destroyed his entire country when he refused to acknowledge God is in the midst of the pre-Exodus. Most of the kings that would rule the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah couldn't find, the, couldn't find faith in the midst of various hardships. And both kingdoms fell as a direct result of the faithlessness. There was a rich man afraid to suffer the loss of wealth that he missed walking with the Messiah. Judas was overwhelmed by his own self-inflicted heartache and he missed the resurrection. But see, for every opportunity that was missed, for every lost opportunity, the Bible provides plenty of success stories. See, we look at Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, all walked through the storms for decades even, before seeing how faithful God could be to those who simply would not let go of the rope of faith. See, David became more than a king. He became a most beloved songwriter of faith, and most of his great psalms came straight out of hard times. See, the thing is, church, we have a choice. That when the hard times come, where are we gonna put our faith? What are we gonna cling on to? If we take what we learned from Job, there's one answer. There's one logical explanation to what we need to do. 
Some of us are like absolutely pastor. Some of us are, I don't know. I tried this God thing once. I tried coming to church. They ran out of coffee. No one said hi to me. I just didn't feel like I belonged. I just don't know if God really hears me. But see, what I want us to understand today is God hears you and God sees you today, church. That amidst of your storms, God is with you. In the midst of your chaos, when you don't have control, you can take rest because God is in control today. See, and this is preaching from vulnerability because it hasn't been easy. I have so many questions. I'm heartbroken in the midst of this. And I just ask myself, God, why? Everything was looking up. Why is this happening to us? Church, I'll be honest. I probably will never know. I'll probably never know. Why God called our son up early. But the one thing I do know is God is with us. God is in control. God loves and cares for Caitlin and I just as much as God cares about you and whatever you're going through. Allow Job's testimony, allow my testimony to point you to Jesus today. Because that's why we walk this life. To give God the ultimate praise and the ultimate glory. See, God is still working on behalf of me. God still loves me. I didn't do anything wrong. I won't know why, but I know who is in control in these moments. I understand that I am a little fish in a very, very big pond. And the one thing I do in the midst of a storm is I ask God, I'm clinging to you. I'm clinging to the one thing that has gotten me through every other storm in this world. So just show me how I can glorify you today. That's what we see in Job. Yeah, the mental stuff rocks with us. We battle with questions. We battle with our emotions. We battle with the pain. But at the end of the day, we have to choose our faith because when we choose our faith, God's gonna walk us through this. Everything is still to follow, right? Everything is gonna follow, but we need to choose God in these moments today, church. Church, will you stand with me today? If you are going through a storm, if you're going through suffering, if you're going through something, just know that we are walking with you. More importantly, God is carrying you in these moments. God never left you. God hasn't forgotten about you. God is just in control right now. And so if you're in the storms, 
you're in the midst of something of chaos. I pray that God shows himself to you in the midst of the storm. That God can show up and say, this is where I was in the hospital room when you found out your son was gone. This is where I was. I never left. I was here all along. 